Hello and welcome back to the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast. Today we have an incredibly exciting guest. This is Chrissy Ballinger. She is the perfect hand to hold on your journey towards a natural, sustainable and eco-conscious life, author of the recently popular book Naturally Inspired and even more recently, the new Lifestyle Edit. Her original book, The Little Inspired Pot, has been a lot of inspiration for people all over the world. The new book, The Lifestyle Edit, is 12 simple lifestyle edits, perfect for a more natural, eco-friendly and sustainable lifestyle. Chrissy's really well known in the low-tox living space, particularly in Australia, for her very accessible and natural home cleaning, personal care, DIY recipes. Essential oil users love her. So Chrissy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. That's a great introduction. <laughs> you are most welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. And I, I told a few people about you coming on. They're very excited to have a listen to this. So you will be well received by my audience, I am sure. Awesome. Um, I wanted you to just tell me about the Lifestyle Edit yourself. Tell me about this new book and how it came about. Yeah. So I would say the Lifestyle Edit probably should have come first because it's that very gentle approach to reducing the amount of toxins we're exposed to and to living a more sustainable and natural life. So, um, but they didn't come first. It's funny how we look back in hindsight. And I think what happened was I I wrote a lot of recipes and then I popped them into my first two books, which was the Inspired Little Book and the Inspired Little, oh gosh, gift book. Yeah, I can't remember now. It's been so long. I'm having a mental blank. And then I consolidated those and wrote a whole new book and popped it into Naturally Inspired. And um, that was awesome, but it was 125 recipes, tips and guides on natural living. And I know for a fact that that overwhelms some people because they pick it up, they go, oh, this is amazing. You know, how many recipe books have you picked up where you go, oh my gosh, this is so great. I'm going to make it all. And you make nothing because it was so pretty to look at, so inspiring. But the act, the act of getting into the kitchen to make it is where it stops. So I thought, well, okay, this is, you know, people were making the recipes, but I reckon I can make it even easier. And so the lifestyle edits really just like you said, 12 simple steps and each one I say spend at least a week on and it's things like ditching the fragrance and I give you a couple of recipes that accompany that um, and a few, so, you know, my first thing is just don't wear perfume for a week, just stop there. Then the next one is let's just step it up a little bit and maybe look around your house and see what contains fragrance and maybe put them in a box and put that in the garage or the shed and see how you go for the week. Do you miss it when you get it back? Does it, can you really smell it? Does it give you a headache? Things like that. Um, you know, another edit is um, soft plastic, like, you know, and recycling. So collect your soft plastic, recycle it properly, um, you know, ditch the bin bag liners, ditch the multi-packs and the plastic bags for produce. So just little things that I would hope that if you spend a week on it, it's enough time to kind of think, oh, okay, now that I've recycled soft plastic for a week, I don't think I can actually throw it in the bin. I'm going to have to keep, you know, recycling that, collecting it, taking it to Coles or Woolies. And, um, yeah, so the, it's only 11 recipes in that one, but they just accompany the edits where relevant. And I think that's a great place to start because we ditch the washing powder and the fabric softening commercial stuff for natural homemade stuff. Um, like I said, we've got the perfume, um, We've got, 
oh, cleaning a shower and toilet with citric acid and bicarbs, another one. Just a few really, really simple recipes that I know once you've done it, you'll go, wow, that was actually really great. It works. I'm going to make that a permanent swap. So baby steps is what it's all about. 100%. I say the same stuff to people all the time. I totally agree with you. And what's interesting is you've said one week, and I had someone say the other day, it takes three weeks to change a habit. And I thought, I actually don't agree with that because I Mm. found that actually sometimes you just need to be exposed to a really good idea once. Yes. And then then you go, oh, genius. Why don't I do that? You know, and it doesn't necessarily take a huge effort. No, and you know what? There's actually very mixed research on how long it takes to create a habit. I agree. Yeah, and some people say it's not the actual time, it's the amount of times you you do it within that period of time. And I actually went to a Whole Foods workshop on the weekend, which was amazing, and I met some really cool like-minded people. And this one lady said to me, she read a quote that morning, it was something like, if everybody did one, like say let's just say one sustained, one eco-friendly change really poorly, that would be everyone doing something poorly, better than, you know, a handful full of people doing everything perfectly with these habits that last forever. So I just think, you know, if you can, I'll just continue to use soft, oh, no, no, water waste. So another one of my edits is let's con- try and conserve water because, you know, how lucky are we in Australia that we have, we shower in drinking water. Well, it is debatable, but let's just generally say <laughs> yeah. we shower, we flush our toilets with with clean drinking water, whereas, you know, there are so many people in the world who don't have access to that. So let's just conserve what we can and maybe put a bucket in the sink and when you're waiting for the hot water to go or the shower or whatever, you, you're saving some of that water and you can pour it on your garden. So I just think even if that's not something you're going to do every single day forever, that's okay. Even if once a week you're catching some of that water and putting it on your garden, that's a, so much better than you not doing it at all. And that's the perfect example of how it doesn't matter if you do it poorly, but one positive change done poorly is better than nobody doing anything or a couple of people doing everything, which is a lot of pressure. 100%. And and that energy too that goes along with it, It's it's about how do you feel when you're doing that? If you feel guilty for not doing enough all the time, you're not going to do anything. You're going to put it all in the too hard basket. You're going to be like, oh, I can't even look at that. It's all too hard. It's yeah. too much. It doesn't carry a good energy. If you do one small thing and you see it make a difference, that feels good. Yeah. We can go with that. And and it's a, you know that's a practical thing. That's not a woo-woo thing. That's like if you feel good doing something, you do more of it. And yep. that's really basic, isn't it? But mm-hmm. there's there's a great quote actually you just reminded me of. Experience is as to intensity, not as to duration. Mm. So obviously if we're learning something that gives us a really good feeling and makes us feel very happy or makes a nice difference in our lives, that's going to have a bigger impact than doing something that has a medium effect on us for three weeks, you know. <laughs> like it's exactly. Really, exactly. So I love that you've curated it. And what's your favourite of the 12? Do you have a favourite? Um, look, I led with fragrance because I think that there is so much research out there. Um, Anne Steinman, I think her name is, she's, she's done a lot of research on fragrance and just, and just how negatively it impacts our health and, you know, indoor air quality and, um, work productivity and things like that. So I led with fragrance because I think if everyone could just ditch it for now one week's probably not enough to really notice how potent artificial fragrance actually is um you know I will go for a walk and for example this morning I went for a walk to beat the rain that's coming in Perth and a couple were walking in front of me and they were turning off to go down a path and they had gone about 15 20 meters before I crossed in their wake and I could smell the perfume 
and I hold my breath naturally because it, it makes me feel queasy. It makes me feel me ill. Me too now. Yeah, because it's been years and years since I've, I've used it. And I really struggle with getting hand-me-downs, bless the people who give them to me when they've washed them and used fabric softener Same. because I can't, it makes us feel physically ill, no word of a lie. So that one, probably one of the most important, but my favourite would be recycling. And I think that's the third or the fourth edit because, Yes, we should be reusing as much as possible, but the reality is most people aren't. And I saw yesterday um, Clean Up Australia, I think, put something up on Instagram to say that 20%, we've had a 20% increase in um, waste over the last, since 2020. I was thinking about that. Undone a lot of hard work, which is a real shame, the number of masks and gloves and um, just household delivery bags from grocery shopping. I understand it's it's we're in unusual times, but it's just a real shame. So I figure if you're going to do that, at least try and do the right thing with it um, and, you know, collect your bottle tops separately because they cannot go in the recycling bin and people don't know that. that they're so small, like the lids off um, milk bottles or um, beer bottle top, whatever that is. What they do go into- you do with those? So just collect them. That's what I say to people, just just collect it and wait till you've got a whole stack of it and then either look me up and I will tell you or Google it and find something. But there's a lot of organisations now that are collecting these things. Lids for Kids is the main one. Um, They collect them and Containers for Change now operating in most states also collect the lids and they either recycle them or some places just repurpose them. You know, if kids in kindy are going to do craft anyway, rather than buy new polystyrene balls and new pipe cleaners and whatever, they're making the most amazing murals out of these um, lids. And I think, great, at least we've given them a second life. I mean, still plastic produced, but rather than buy brand new resources, let's recycle what we already have. But just on my point before with recycling at lids is that when you throw those into your recycling um, bin, they go to the plant and they go down the belts and they're too small to be collected and picked up. So they end up being diverted to landfill. So keep them, bread tags, keep them. Um, small, anything, piece, piece of paper smaller than the size of a credit card. Collect it separately, put it in an envelope, an, a used envelope, put it in a mushroom bag and then throw it in recycling because otherwise it just, it's it's a waste. We're trying to do the right thing and mm. and we're not. And most people are trying so hard to do the right thing, yeah. but they're like, I don't know what to do. Everyone's yeah. telling me something different. And yes, that's confusing because a lot of councils do have different rules, but yes. the basics are the same. So, um, you know, I know alfoil, you can make a tennis ball sized yes. ball of alfoil. And we just have little spots for things in yeah. our kitchen drawers. You know, that's how we do it. Um, but it is tricky. And it, and it is that thing about let's demystify it. Let's make it simple mm-hmm. because, you know, we all know that we want to do better. And I think that's yeah. largely what you and I do, isn't it? We're, we're like, let us help you. <laughs> let us help yeah, you simplify yeah. this. Yes, yeah, so let's just yeah. guide, guide you gently on the things yeah. you're ready to be guided right. on. Right. And everything else will come later because if you're right. already thinking this way, right. then you'll come across that post at the right time that will go, oh my gosh, foil. I didn't know I could do, I didn't know I couldn't put tiny Easter egg wrappers in the recycling. I'm going to start collecting it. And that penny drops for you. And then we high five each other and go, cool, job done for that one out of seven billion people. But that's okay because that's right. And then I'll someone comes it. over to that house and go, what are you doing with that foil there? And you can never underestimate actually yes. the power of you doing something and just people notice it, even if they don't say anything, even if you mm-hmm. don't have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. 
Why is she putting all those elastic bands into a ball? Why is she, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And I think that we just don't realise actually how far we're coming with each of those tiny decisions. Definitely. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so why why you? Why do you write these books? Where's that coming from? You know, I just think this was what I was always meant to do. I think I've, like a lot of people, have really um, undergone an awakening, especially, you know, for the last 18 months in particular that's helped me define why I do what I do because I've been doing that for a lot longer. I started out um, as a health and phys ed teacher. I majored in health promotion. I loved everything about health and all aspects of it always loved nature. I've always loved all of that stuff. Never knew why or I did it. I just did it because I loved it. it made me feel good. And um, had my own kids realised I was investing so much into them that I just couldn't teach anymore. I, I, the kids, you know, needed someone who was really going to be dedicated to educating them. And unfortunately on a mass scale, it wasn't me. So then, um, and then I thought, you know, at home day to day, we were in, so aware of what we were putting into our bodies and the, um, and we don't, we're not perfect. But at least I'm aware that when I choose to eat something not great, it's something not great as opposed to just doing it without realising. So, you know, I was making things from scratch and, um, you know, that was really great. And I thought, this can't be it. Like there's got to be something more without realising I was thinking that. So one day I just picked up, and I say this in every podcast, I don't have a defining moment. I couldn't even tell you what it was (laughs) that I picked up. Was it sunscreen? Was it deodorant? Was it washing powder? I don't know. But I looked at it and was kind of like, oh, so because every time I go to the shops, I'll be reading labels and... I thought, how come I don't read labels on this stuff? And then I started researching and I went, ah, oh, this doesn't Shocking. sit well. Once I'd sort of read about it, I thought, oh, I don't know. So I'm going to try and make my own stuff and what ingredients do I need? And, yeah, and it just sort of flowed from there. And once I started, I was like, well, I've done my washing powder and my softener and my deodorant and my sunscreen. What's next? And it just kept going. And then I realised it was a, a, a market for it. So people mm. were interested in that. And so I just provided the recipes for them to to make and then was like oh well maybe if I put it into a book I'll inspire more people because right. people like pretty things and yeah. it just the evolution was that it was it was very simple it was very authentic and and organic and just it happened because every step I took I felt there was a call for that and this is what I'm saying with the spiritual awake I feel as though I've been, I've been like guided along without realising I've been guided along to get to this point in time right now, talking to you. And it just feels, I talk about it and I feel like I'm glowing. I love everything about it. It's such a great space to be in. And it just, it feels so right. Like doing the right thing for people, the planet, myself, my family, future generations. It's yeah. Happy place to be. That's a wonderful story. There's a few interesting points to your story. One is I'm also an educator, high school teacher trained. And so I think some of us are compelled to share information. Mm. And it's interesting that you and I both, even though we're not high school teachers right now, we did go and we got the skills. I don't know if you were high school or not. I was. Yeah, we went and got the skills and and we learned how to educate. And there is actually something in that, I think. It's a very, very powerful qualification and a powerful skill to be able to tell a story in a way that people can learn from it. And that's so, I commend you for that and I relate. Uh, The other thing that's really interesting about what you're saying, as I said, the name of this podcast is Unboxable, Unstoppable. And what you just mentioned, it was lighting up a few lights for me there because what you're saying is that 
if I'm understanding correctly, that you were led almost, you felt compelled and you naturally led, were led along a pathway to what you're doing now. And now you feel that you're 100% engaged, 100% present, loving it, doing what you were here to do. And I think a lot of people and possibly a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be very interested to know about that because that's not something that you notice necessarily as it's happening. So there's an, a mixed element of I guess, trust and following your intuition and your gut and following your passion. Um, my last podcast guest was a woman called uh, Amy McLaren who wrote a book, Passion to Purpose. So this is a theme that emerges for me with a lot of women, especially mm. when they've had kids, that we have this kind of ability to now see a little bit differently how we are, understand a little bit differently what lights us up yes, and really start to trust it and follow it. And then the world opens up. And I mean, that gives me chills when you talk about that mm. because the world opens up in a way that is, it's powerful then, isn't it? Because you're really on your mission and you yes. know it's your mission and you yes. can speak from the heart and authentically and spiritually, as you say, connected to what you're doing. And that's, that is incredibly powerful. So what I'd love to know for the people out there who are still on that path, as we all are, I think, still on that path anyway, what, what have been your greatest obstacles? What have been the things that you've encountered along the way? Oh gosh, so many things. I, I naturally, I default to positive all the time. So things pop up and I, I actually feel so unsettled when, when I'm rocked. So I, I try to kind of reconcile it in my mind and, you know, my heart and then move on. I loved before what you said about being lit up, like, you know, that is so important. Um, yeah, because because when you're lit up from the inside, and I'm, I've gone off on a tangent, but I just wanted to mention that when the light comes from within, not a lot really is an obstacle because you can you come back into yourself and go, well, why am I doing this? I didn't do this for money. I didn't. I didn't think to myself because I'll tell you something: it's not a lot of money in writing books unless you're a Jamie Oliver or a, you know someone else who's got, who sold a trillion books, but um, I never did it for the money. So that, that factor allowed me not doing it for that allowed me to take a few risks and, and kind of go, I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to write this book and whatever happens, happens. If I, if I can just make my money back on production costs, that would be great. The rest is going to be a huge, just bonus. Um, so yeah, so that I just think that's important if, it, if it's coming from within. In terms of obstacles, I think given that I write recipes and that it's such a, a the space of um, just the natural space and people doing DIYs is very popular. So I think there the obstacles would be the odd. Um, I don't want to use the term copycat, but I'm just going to say because I can't think of anything better. But sure. those that pop up that I'm, you know, like I've been made aware, it's you know, using my recipes directly. That that's a bit like, oh, come on, guys! Like you know, give give a bit of credit where it's due, and then spread the love, and you can do what you like with that. And so that I, I struggle with because I I feel like it, it challenges um, people's integrity, and then that makes me question everybody. Mm. Like you know, how secure am I? And anyway, there's um, an ethical element there and integrity element for sure yeah yeah um I think just in terms of the whole juggle of when you're doing something you love so much it's very hard to to distinguish between when you're working and when you're not yes uh, I relate yeah. yes so I really struggle with that and um I try to manage it what do you do 
I don't know because the other day I'm I'm actually am an open book. Sometimes I say things I think, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. But the other day (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting down, I was looking at my kids and I was like, you know, they're they're amazing. I have two kids, 12 and nine. And um, and I thought, gosh, like I hope I haven't had too many moments where I've been preoccupied and so excited about the project I'm on that I haven't given them what they've needed. And then I go, no, no, don't do that because that's in the past and and you've done the best you could do. I'm a much better mum when I have um, purpose and focus outside of just being a mum. And I, I don't know that sounds negative. No, hundred percent. I agree. couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't just do the mum thing. I needed. That's why I've always needed this and being creative. Anyway, it's made me a better mum, so it's a good thing. <laughs> and so that is a challenge: is looking back, going, "Gosh, you know, gosh, you know, my daughter, you're 12 already. How did that happen?" Like, but I think everyone thinks that. And if I was a mum going to work nine to five, or if I was still teaching, yes. there'd be massive chunks where I wouldn't have been there. So that is hard. And I still clearly am conflicted with that a little bit. And I, I think forever will be, it's, aren't we born with that mum guilt, unfortunately? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't feel the mum guilt so much in that form. I think okay. I feel it in other forms. And I think everybody experiences it slightly personally, you know, mm-hmm. the guilt one I've never really kind of, I guess, related to, because I had a, a mother who I love dearly, but who worked so much Mm. and was so preoccupied. And I know I've made different choices to that. I've been very privileged to be able to make different Mm. choices to that. So I've always felt pretty good on that front, but I get other kinds of stuff. Like I get I get a similar feeling around, am I available enough? Am I, you know, putting them second? Do I prioritise them enough? Do they know how important and special they are to me? Mm. That sort of stuff, you know, do they really know? Now, I think they do, but it's just that that's the things that I get a bit stuck on or like time, you know. I need to spend my time doing this. I also get really passionate about projects and really excited. And so, and I've been building one recently, the Lion Life Academy. So this is about a little bit like you, like how can we do the things that we just have to do that we just can't be stopped we've got to do it we need it we love it but still also be amazing parents and family Mm. members and partners and you know how do we balance that and it's a it's a balance and it's an ongoing concern I would say um I'm just going to pause this for a moment because the battery is about to run out of my computer hold on a and we're back yes I think it's a really interesting conversation to have and women need to have it all the more because we all experience this so differently and in the various things that we do, like you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing, there's other women working full-time in a corporate environment and how we balance all of this, it's so personal, you know. But I do hope that we know how much we give our children with this passion and this curiosity that we bring and also how powerful it is for a child to see their mother lit up in the way that we talked about. Absolutely. I agree with you. And just to your point on, you know, the guilt and and whatever, I think all the things you mentioned, I was like, yes, yes, that's what contributes to what I define as guilt. Maybe that's right. Maybe I need to spin that. So it's that perception and that, you know, how we interpret those things. So yeah, classic reframe moment, classic reframe. That's right. Absolutely. And then I think, you know, if I were to list the things that I was a bit like, oh gosh, about let me let me call it guilt guilty about mm. and then I list all those things that I'm so proud like you say that mm. the kids see that first I'm available every day for you know school drop-offs pickups assemblies all of the rest I'm there for them because I work my own hours Amazing. um what a privilege yeah 
Yes, such a privilege and and one I do not take for granted because I have a lot of friends who don't have that, you know, option in their life. And and then I think, you know, what they're seeing me do and and the mission that we're on and and don't get me wrong, there are times where they're like, oh, because they so badly, you know, just want the easy option when it comes to throwing something out. I'm like, ah, or, you know, the sunscreen that doesn't go on quite as well as the commercial stuff, but I'm like, this is just what we do. And they go, okay, so they see the greater good, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, you know, I've been invited to do some book week talks and sustainability talks. And I did one recently at my kid's school and cool. when I, my son's nine and when I picked him up that day and this is, you know, um, I just did a talk to all the year fours and fives. Right. And it was so awesome. So I was still, still teaching just in a very different yeah. way. And when I picked him up, he was like, bursting and he goes mom I'm pretty sure you're the coolest mom at the school and I was like so the pride from him that his mom was up there teaching everyone something that all the kids later were like wow that was so cool and I'm gonna recycle this and I'm gonna do and I just went unreal like he can see that I'm on a mission that's bigger Mm. than you know our little world it's so much bigger than that and so precious yeah so I think now after this conversation I'm just gonna think more about the the, all the positive things yeah. versus, you know, it totally outweighs the things yeah, I feel a bit so, unsettled about. Of course we're allowed to feel unsettled and, you know, like it's natural, isn't it? And that's what makes us yeah. so so kind of caring and good parents. If we didn't feel unsettled about things, we wouldn't be so good at it. So I feel yeah. like those feelings are important. You know, we've got to honour yeah. them for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I was just thinking was, so at what point did you actually give in a full-time job and, you know, chuck that away and start doing this full-time? Talk to me about that transition. Yeah, so for me it was easy because I had kids. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so I had just, that natural break. Yeah, I had that natural break. And for me it was even even easier because I was working full-time as a teacher, got pre- in Queensland, um, got pregnant with my daughter Charlotte and we moved to Melbourne when I was um, only just pregnant. So then I, I was away from already. that already. Mm. Had Charlotte, moved back to Queensland when she was three months old, but then I was just devoted as a mum. Yeah. So that's all I did. And then then it all sort Naturally of Naturally I mean, I dabbled in a few other things in between there, but not, yeah. not full-time work. So for me, I'm ve- I'm very privileged. I'm, I'm yes. lucky that I don't, I have the opportunity to do this. I get not everyone does. And you know what though? Because I do, I'm going to keep doing it for all yeah. those people who can't do it. Yeah, that's and right. Yeah, and own that. So, hundred yeah. percent, I totally with you on that. And mm. I'm really curious. So, what are your days like now? Talk, talk me through a normal day in the life of Chrissy Ballinger. Oh gosh, the last nine months I've been producing the Lifestyle Edit, which is intense. The conversations that go on with even simple things like I was going to call it Lifestyle Edit. And then had a conversation around whether we should put the in front of it. I the like, the, I like the the, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. Um, and just the the energy that goes behind writing and creating recipes and, and yes. all of the rest. So, but right now, because that's been released a couple of weeks ago, I'm spending my time trying to get the message out there. Yes. You know, doing awesome interviews like this. And oh, my timing was good. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Just good. writing new content that will hope will drop, Penny will drop for someone who reads that blog or who opens that newsletter or who looks at Instagram at the time that I've posted. You know, that's how I spend my days. So mm. I, I do spend a lot of time on myself in a sense that 
I we have an infrared sauna, so I make time for that every day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing. And those who are listening who haven't looked into it yet, look into it. It's just the best. Mm, um, I have, you know, green smoothie every day. I spend time making things in the kitchen for my kids. So on top of all of this, you know, but then I was up till 11 o'clock last night doing research and writing. So, you know, I my days are very fluid and I take each day as it comes, but I haven't mm. at least as long as me and I'm nearly six foot tall of all the things I want to achieve. And each day I go, right, what, what's calling me today? And then oh, I tackle nice. it. So. I, I'm the same, actually. I don't have a, uh, I don't work very strategically in a sense. I go very mm. much with what am I drawn to today? There's some things yes. we have to do strategically, but yes. I'm a big one for, you know, put something on a calendar. If you really need it done, you put it in the calendar. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's up for grabs. Right, you just do what you're drawn to, and it's yes. surprising to me how few people work that way. Because yes. I find it's the only way I can work. Like lists, yeah. just do not really like actual lists. I try, but I don't know. I've just become actually, I've just become a real proponent of optimizing calendars mm. and having places where you dump ideas. But basically, you just draw on what's calling you, and I think that allows us to actually better follow the things we we're talking about before, the signs that lead us to the places we need to be, you know. Definitely. It's, so yeah. it's a sort of a life, it's a lifestyle in a way, isn't it, to borrow your it word? It is. Mm. Yeah, and you know, though, I know some people who operate better when they have very planned out days. Yeah, they drop the it's kids personal. at school, they 9 to 12, they do this, and that's yeah. great because if that works for yeah. you, but for me it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from how hard we work, but it's just that, like you say, we're more, it's more intuitive. It's like, well, I'm not going to schedule that blog mm. into my calendar because I may not be feeling the writing, right. the creative urge. Right. Then. So that's how we work from the heart. But it's a trap. It can be a trap because yes. it's very easy to kind of get caught up in, in that fluidity and then yeah. not knuckle down when you need to, yeah, which is why, true. yeah, even being accountable to a podcast recording time yeah, is kind of like, Yeah, that what? was big, right? I know. That's huge. I almost get anxiety whenever I have anything <laughs> booked in because I so rarely do. Like I'm oh very much the same. We were actually messaging Jeez. before this, weren't we? Because that was us going, have we got this right? Have we got the link? Have we, do we need to be dressed and visual? Yes. Is it? Yeah, I know. I'm the same. I'm so the same. We're very similar, Chrissy. It's I so love nice. that. I love <laughs> that there's, I'm actually quite normal as it turns out. It's so. hilarious. <laughs> well, to me you are, but it's, really funny because I there's some things I do lock in because otherwise I don't do them one of them is every mm-hmm. full moon I have drinks with a bunch of women down the beach nice. and now our kids look forward to that as much as we and actually a few husbands have tried to come along as well so we might have to let them sometimes but it's very funny because that actually is just means that and so often I haven't seen them in that month you know because as yeah. parents we just we're so and also I mean making the reason the other reason I don't schedule things in so much now is I have three kids Mm -hmm. so if I did get really wedded and really attached to I've got to get this done in this particular hour Mm -hmm. my life would be so painful and frustrating yeah I feel like that's a recipe for disaster and if you are working full-time through pandemic my goodness hats off to you because Mm -hmm. that it would be very difficult not to have flexibility when Mm -hmm. all your kids are at home needing you like I just I cannot imagine what that's like I feel a great reverence for those women and men out there doing that at the moment, I just think yeah. it's really intense, isn't it? And I, yeah, I don't think is. I could do it. I think I would have a breakdown. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. it's done. I so think we I, don't know what off. we can do unless we, uh, you know, there's a lot of people yes, sitting there right now homeschooling four kids and uh, the teacher themselves working. schooling others yeah. and probably thinking, yeah, asked me two years ago, could I do this? I would have said no, but they find it somewhere within them because it's humans true. are actually 
pretty darn amazing. It's true. And our and our minds, you know, if we decide to do something, if we have a good reason to do it, if we're drawn to do it from the heart, mm. like you say, then we do it, don't we? We're uh, powerful yeah. in that way. It's yeah, really totally. amazing. Mm. Oh, I love this chat, Chrissy. This is awesome. It's good. <laughs> so um now that we've talked about your days, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, yes, of course. I would like to know where can people find you and find out more about you and buy your book? Yes, well, I'm Chrissy with a K. So you'll find me on Instagram and Facebook as Chrissy Ballinger. So um, Instagram is Chrissy.ballinger, Facebook is Chrissy Ballinger. And I have a website, chrissyballinger.com.au. Awesome. I used to be the inspired little pop, but for various reasons, I made a transition away from that. Um, purely because I wanted, I felt like that began as, as a DIY type space and I wanted to to expand on all the things like you know I've touched on spirituality a few times and nutrition and just little things that I've learned here along the way and I feel like that gave me permission to be me and I've loved that freedom um I noticed it and I was really applauding you I'm I'm actually someone who really believes in personal brands and personal branding and allowing yourself a big enough container to be all the things that you are and that's what your name is so so well done from a business perspective that was a huge decision because you know when you work for years and years to get a certain brand known and even just the algorithms and the the, mm. the analytics with website stuff, it people wouldn't realise it. It's a huge step would set backwards. Yes. Um, but for me, it was important enough to, to go, you know what, those those who love my mission, those who love me will find me anyway and they yes. will continue to follow me. And as it turns out, they have, which has been really great. 100%. But yeah, so I have so much on my website. You know, I yes, I have um, the three books. I have a kids' book called Make and Play as well, which cool, for those who might be hearing this who are at home ah, with kids, great. yeah, lots of fun recipes like, you know, cocoa sand or um, flubber or, great. you know, a goop and face paint and just watercolour paint. There's so many recipes in there great. that are, are natural that, you know, with a few um, common ingredients, you can whip up a few with the kids. My favourite soapy joe, it's Castile soap and arrowroot flour and the kids just love it. It's like soft, stretchy Play-Doh. It's the best. Um, so, you know, yeah, I have those resources and I have a course, Becoming a Label Detective, which is about learning how to empower, you know, empowering yourself to read labels. But there's so much free content as well. I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> Me you know, too. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, probably you know, I could do things different, but I like it. I like. I mean, there's hundred or so free recipes. There's, um, you know, so much information on learning how to read labels without being in the course. So yeah. for those who are like, mm, just just don't know or budget doesn't allow, that's okay. You can still yep. do this. You know, go yep. re- do some reading. There's so much information there, and you'd be the same. Even your Instagram wall is a oh, wealth yeah. of information. Absolutely. So 100%. people just <laughs> need to spend some more time productively scrolling and. Yeah, it would change the world with that. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Well, I'm sure I speak on behalf of a lot of people that know you and your work when I say thank you so much, Chrissy. It's really, it makes a difference for us and I'm very grateful for what you do. I think it's very powerful and um, more than happy to help you spread the word about this new book and any other books you come out with in future, I'll have you back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. No Um, problem. My heart is exploding, so thank you for having me. 